Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. And yes, you do. This is Showreel with Annie and our look at the Australian film industry on 3CR, of course. And in the studio today, we've got a live guest, which is pretty unusual, actually. I usually go and chat to people and bring my booty in, but uh, Denise Erickson's here. G'day, Denise. How are you? I'm good. Lovely to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, well, we, we last week, we actually promoted an event that's coming up on the weekend. It's called Make It. It's an Australian film, television, radio school and film Victoria event. And it's all about uh, incubating the uh, future talent in the uh, industry, isn't it? Yes, it is. And the reason that we're doing this, this is the second time we've done it, actually, Annie, and there's we've sort of identified a bit of a gap in the market that a lot of people come out of film school or they're starting their career and they're often not aware of the amazing opportunities that are available in Victoria for them. They think, oh, I want to be a director or I want to be this or I want to be that. But what they don't understand is this vast, terrific industry that f- that really flourishes in Melbourne particularly. It's interesting because, of course, the AFTRS, I'm very good at that at these letters now, Australian <laughs> Film Television Radio School is actually uh, centred in Sydney. And so this is almost like outreach for them, isn't it? Look, it is. I mean, it has been centred in Sydney. In the last few years, they, they did actually have a Melbourne office, but closed it because it wasn't really financially viable. However, there's a great desire by the film school to actually run Melbourne events. And this is one of the biggest that we've done down here. And I used to work for Afters up in Sydney on a freelance basis. There is a desire to run things nationally. They do run a national um, summer camp around the country in January, which also involves Victoria. So there's a desire, but sometimes it's a bit hampered by the money. Yeah, yeah, of course. But this is a particular event and they're uh, collaborating with Film Victoria. Uh, and what I uh, realise is that there's a, there's, there's a, a whole lot of nuts and bolts kind of events going on through the 27th and 28th, Saturday and Sunday. Can you talk about those nuts and bolts events? Sure. As I said, the aim of it is to actually introduce people to jobs and and networking that they may not have had in the past. So we're sort of starting off the weekend with one end of the spectrum, which is people that have been in the industry for a few years and they want to share early career people, maybe only a couple of years, and they want to share their experience to, to sort of indicate 
communicate how you actually get that foot in the door because it isn't easy. It's not easy. It's a very competitive industry. Then throughout the weekend, we look at industries like the sort of big growth one for Victoria is jobs in VFX, animation, VR. Um, We've got a great... And games. And games, yes. We've got a separate panel on games. We've got some of the best gaming um, professionals, creative professionals coming in. Um, We've also um, got everything like from the art department, from the production office. We've got a fantastic session on advertising because I hadn't realised the scope of the advertising industry and it's incredibly creative. Um, and well, a lot of people learn their skills. Uh, a lot. I mean, it, it's how you learn to tell a to- story, isn't it? Yes, it is. And the biggest thing that, that all of these professionals say, and we've got 75 Melbourne professionals coming along to offer expertise, and what we want to sort of pass on for them is to how you get in, how you get your foot in the door, or take your next step in your career. So, for example, how do you, a showreel is critical for so many of the jobs. They're not really interested in your CV. They're not really interested. And they don't mean my program. This no. is this is why I call it showreel. So explain to people what show. I mean, people listening will probably, if they're filmmakers, will know exactly what it means. But yes, the others won't necessarily. Exactly. And so they want to see what work you've done. They want you to demonstrate your passion. So we're running series on how to pitch ideas, um, how to look, how to create showreels. We're also running an internship competition, which is already the entries are already starting to come in. It's with social. Garden, which is one of the new breed of um, social media advertising um, companies, and they offer very specific internships. That's not about going in there and doing some work that you're not being paid for, because what they and a lot of other com- which is anathema, if you ask me. Well, I, well, look, we've all done it. I mean, I did freebies for years yeah, trying yeah. to get in. It's not new. That's because you're a breatharian. Yeah, well, and also I just wanted to, you know, do my job. Yeah. But, um, and what we find is that there's gaps in education. So what a lot of the internships are are addressing is the gaps, getting people work ready. Because a degree or even limited work experience doesn't mean you're ready to work in a paid job, to be honest. So, um the a lot of internships are designed to get people work ready and then they get gigs at the end of it they learn how to do the job specifically so we've got everything from and the, we're ending the conference with a fantastic session that I'm emceeing so I'm biased but we've got loads of people in Victoria that have done things differently and very successfully for example we've got Joshua Tyler the writer of um, co- and co-creator with Miranda Tapsell of Top End Wedding and how they got that film up is fascinating they didn't go through the traditional ways. We've got people um, like Miss Fisher, the producers of Miss Fisher's new movie, which they had to crowdfund for. They could not, even with a successful series like that, get enough money to make the, the feature film. And they they raised something like $1.2 million on crowdfunding, which then generated all the other things. And, we've, and the guy who created The Block, which is a humongous employer in Victoria. So there's uh, actually quite a bit on uh, reality TV, isn't it? There is. It's 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 a small section of it, but because Melbourne is a big employer for for reality TV, or we we call it, you know. 
non, non um, we call it factual series really because that can be anything from a show like The Living Room which is studio based through to the block and and I just don't think people realise that when you work on as a runner or as a junior on a lot of those shows that gives you because it's all about contacts this business is about contacts and we also focus heavily during the conference on networking we've got some great networking events which are so funny we and where we get people to sort of talk to others so that they leave there with a whole new network, a whole support group that they just didn't have before. Yeah, well, that's that's the ga- name of the game, isn't it? It, re- it really is. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you, can't, you can't be shy yet no. in no. coming forward. But equally, you don't all have to be loud like me. Um, mm. you can I, I was going to say, you, what is, uh, St Kilda Town Hall is going to raise the roof with a whole lot of exhibitionists, filmmakers. <laughs> No. Well, there is a bit of that, but but there's also room for people who are a bit quieter, a bit calmer, because every production needs a good range of personalities. Not everybody running around shouting their their wares at top voice. Yeah, exactly. Um, because you know it is actually a creative field, and it could be that uh, people actually need a few a bit of time to think through what it is that they're doing. Yes. What What about the coaching clinics? What's that? Oh about? well, we decided that we've got these seventy five professionals who. When you do a panel, you don't really get to know them particularly, plus also others that weren't available to do panels. So you can actually book a one-on-one 15-minute session with some top professionals that are going to be at the conference. So when you get there, there's a desk there where you go in and you look at the coaching clinic people, and it could be anything from how do I write a better CV, I need a contact, I've got this great idea, can you help me, will you have a look at my idea for me? I'm a bit stuck on my budget. What do I do with budgets? And so these 75 people. That's fantastic. Oh, so, yes. so, it's, so it's advice. And so uh, when I go, if you go there, you put your name down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so you're going to have panels running and parallel to that are going to be some other events? Is yes, we've, we've, got, we've got two lots of panels running at most times. So we've got two separate streams of panels. So mm-hmm. the smaller ones are in the training room and the bigger ones are in the, the big sense. St Kilda Town Hall um, and we wanted we've then got networking events that happen during breaks we've got a coffee cart even we mm. free lunch the whole thing's there so it's going to be a big sort of I don't know it's almost like a multi-ring circus well well contained and well organized but there's something for everybody across all genres, across all platforms. We want everybody who is interested in the media, in creative screens, whatever your interests are, there will definitely be something for you. That's fantastic. Um, so what time does it start each day? Well, it starts around 9 o'clock each day and it runs till about 6 or 5 on the Sunday. Um, and the sessions are running maybe 40 or 50 minutes, the actual um, panels. Um, and there's good breaks and things so that you meet people. I think we've got – I mean, I've lost – track of the number i think we've got about 25 30 different panels on the weekend yeah yeah and uh, the other thing is that um you are obviously it's a focused on networking uh but are they recording it no we're not recording it um and there's all sorts of reasons for that it's a very big venue and it's kind of hard to record those and also 
we want people to come because you can't network by recording. No, no, that's exactly right. Uh, tell people how they can get tickets because there are still some tickets yes, available. Yes, there are some tickets available. We're we're selling out fast, but um, if they go, if they just Google afters a f t r s make it m a k e i t, um, it'll take you through to a booking page and. 120 bucks for the weekend. It's a bargain. It is a bargain. Thank you very much, Denise. Thank you. Don't panic. There is a planet B. Come along to a sparkling night of progressive comedy at Greenleaf Weekly's annual comedy debate. Join masters of ceremonies Rod Quantock with Sean Bedlam, Duff, Fiona Scott Norman, Hellchild, Kirsty Mack, and Tom Tanuki. Tickets are $50 Solidarity, $30 Regular, $22 Low Waged, and $12 Concession. There'll be a bar and the opportunity to buy a delicious dinner. Friday, the 26th of July, 6 30 pm at the Brunswick Town Hall. Don't panic. There is a Planet B, a fundraiser for the radical newspaper Green Left Weekly. Bookings are essential. Phone 9639-8622 or go to trybooking.com forward slash BDHTX. Green Left Weekly is a 3CR supporter. Hey, you, you who are listening, we haven't reached our target yet, but you can help us out. Log into our website, 3cr.org.au, or call us on 94198377 and give us some support. Help us keep running this radio for another year. We need you. Hi, my name is Rolf Dehir. I don't live in Melbourne. I live across the water in Tasmania. But if I did live in Melbourne, my number one radio station would be 3CR because it's about community and community matters. Thanks, Rolf. Yes, it does. It does matter. And uh, coming up next, we're going to uh, listen to an interview I did with uh, Waiting the Van Duren story director, filmmaker. He's one of the filmmakers. He, uh, Wade, he, he and his mate decided that they were going to follow up, pull a, pull a thread from a uh, jumper that, of, uh, of their imagination. Uh, they were listening to a song by a man called Van Duren and they wondered what happened, ever happened to Van. And uh, this is where they started to look into the uh, life and history of a, a musical music man, really, a man who continues to play music, um, a working-class man, and uh, it took them all the way over to America. Now, this film is part of the uh, Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, and you'll remember that it continues until the uh, end of... Oh, it goes till the 30th of July. And so uh, it's worthwhile reminding you that it's still still on and that in actual fact waiting the Van Duren story is such a cute film that it's worthwhile going there on uh, Friday at 6 o'clock at Nova to watch it. Thanks very much for uh, spending some time with me about this film, Waiting, the Van Duren story. Um, it was very pretty uh, impressive that two fellows who uh, had never made a movie before decided that they were going to take this on board. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still pretty impressed by it, to be honest. To be honest. Um, I think being so naive 
about the the uh, about making films is uh, what got us through at the end. To be honest, you, you were both at uh, our uh, sort of uh, impasse in your lives at the time. That's the case, isn't it? Yeah, we were both going through um, some some pretty big changes. Um, I was uh, going through a, a, a breakup, a marriage breakdown. Um, Greg had um, Greg had just parted ways with his uh, long term business partner, and he he then um, he then went and played indoor soccer and and broke his leg, so he wasn't in uh, great shape. Yeah, so so and uh, so it's sort of an impulse, wasn't it? It was an impulse to uh, decide to pull the uh, the loose thread of why Van Duren never recorded another album. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was it, it was it was really intriguing to you know to want to um, to not to not want to go and find out why um i mean i was immediately i was intrigued just hearing the music and then was wondering why there wasn't anything else so that was before we even even came up with the crazy idea to do this because you're a musician yourself and it is darling music isn't it oh yeah yeah it's um it it uh it's it's very rare that uh, for me as as a music lover and a musician that Something hits me with the gravitas of, of, of this, where it's just everything was just perfect for me. It, 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 it ticked all the boxes, and I, I fell in love with it. You know, in the first fifteen seconds. Yeah, because it's uh, not just the clarity and the sweetness of the voice and the musicality. It's actually the uh, the beautiful words too. There's a, a certain poetry in every uh, piece of uh, music that uh, the album delivered. Yeah, def- definitely. It, it, it was that that perfect combination, and, and, I, and I say it a lot. It, uh, it, it's that old fashioned songwriting that, where, where it was a real craft, uh, um, you know, and it was all done to analog tape. And so every 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 single track or or, or vocal line or anything was really put down with with true heart and, and spirit. So you you decided on this little adventure to sort of uh, uh, give yourself some focus in your life. Uh, what was the research phase like? What did you do? Well, that was that was actually quite fun. I really enjoyed that part of it. it you know, we almost became like detectives uh, to to try to find information on on Van Duren that uh, just wasn't wasn't available anywhere it was um it was digging around it was asking um asking you know i i spoke with stuart coop uh glenn a baker and they knew of they knew of him which was they were about the only two in australia that did um uh and you know they they didn't have any information to give apart from yeah yeah we've heard that record because it, it was actually released here um, through AMI in the 70s uh, in the late 70s I should say and he uh, so, so basically Greg and I had to start from ground zero and work up and uh, after going you know reading interviews which were uh, or, or you know um, 
not interviews, you know, pieces on Van. Like uh, fanzine from, stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the information was incorrect. And, uh, and then, it, you know, I came up with the bright idea of, I wonder if he's on Facebook. <laughs> and uh, after about a month, and um, yeah, well, and yeah, found him. Oh, well, there you go. And uh, so the ubiquitous uh, Facebook, because of all that, that previous stuff, uh, he predates, of course, the internet and all the rest of it. So you're, uh, you're doing an investigation into a musical world and landscape that is completely different from today. Yeah, completely different. Uh, it, it, you know, in, in 40 years, the... We were following, you know, trails of, you know, of publishing deals and, um, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, uh, attempted re-releases, um, ownership, uh, you know, with obviously without giving too much away to the film. Uh, and then, you know, trying to actually track Van down um, because it was an old account and, on Facebook and it hadn't been used in, you know, I think it sort of, he, he must have started it up and then just left it um, after about a couple, of, two or three weeks. Uh, so that still was difficult because we, you know, we didn't know where he was from and um, we, we knew he was American, but that was about all, all we really had to work with and we had to build it up from there. Yeah, it's really quite fascinating. Uh, it, it we'll go back to the way you made the film. For people who uh, had never made a film before, you have an intrinsic sense of drama because uh, just to let people know, you don't meet Van until quite late in the piece. And so there is a, a lovely sense of anticipation going on throughout your uh, filmmaking. Oh, thank you. And the, the reason we, that that occurred, we wanted the audience to um, to meet Van when we did. Yeah, nice. Uh, in, 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 kind of in, in real time, I guess. Um, and that was that was important to us. Greg and I wanted to when we tracked down people to interview. We we really wanted to find out um, as as much about Van as an artist. Uh, first and foremost, uh, and a person um, as good. So when we met him, uh, we we would you know we would wouldn't be sitting there kind of going oh did you do this oh what about this I mean there was a few things that you know obviously we had to cross reference but yeah we wanted to really get understand the the, uh, the those albums and. You know, for me, uh, being you know being a musician and and a producer, I, you know, I want to I wanted to find out every little bit about the, the makers of that album and you know why it sounded so good and 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 you know, and also why it disappeared, why he disappeared. Yeah, well, that 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 was the main thing. That's what we wanted to find out. You know, that the whole story is really based around why. He, just, he, he became so obscure. Yeah, but also uh, what you discover, which I find incredibly uh, um, fantastic, is that Van, Van Duren is, uh, not only is he a working class person, but he, he his very breath is musical. Everything about him is, uh, he's a musician to his very fingertips. So despite... Uh, grasping for a future in a uh, um, 
in a commercial sense, uh, when that uh, when he missed effectively, that meant nothing in relation to his need to be a musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. he was. That's just fantastic. One of those, uh, one of those humans put on earth to play music. Yeah, um, that's one hundred percent. It is, um, you know, you, you it, it's you, you see people, you know, that get some mild success, or they're, they're a bass player in a in a band that gets really successful, and then the band breaks up, and then they they never play music anymore. They you know, go back to university or go get a real job or. And or they joined a band because they they often say because they wanted to meet girls because yeah, usually girls, boy, yeah, well, yeah, boys and girls with, business hang out with their friends or you know yeah um, well, I mean you know it's okay but but you know there's then there's then there's people with uh, as I like to call it the music disease where they that's it that's that's it for them there's nothing else they they're driven you know constantly chasing that muse it's um it's the you know, even people like Ben couldn't stop even if he wanted to. No, that's right. It was actually a, a very illuminating element of uh, music versus money. Yeah. And yeah. it also says something about how wonderful it was that you were able to uh, ultimately give him a gift. Uh, but I won't tell people what that is. They have to go and see the movie. Yeah. To, uh, and yeah. uh, so it, this wasn't just you guys putting yourself back together again, in a sense, emotionally, you were putting someone else together again as well, which is really, you know, this film's a very nice little film. Very tasty. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was you know, uh, three years from, from door to door, but it was a very cathartic experience for Greg and I. Uh, and it's something that, uh, we hope comes across, and 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 you know we're we're so proud of it, and and so excited to be part of uh, of uh, the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It, it was definitely uh, one one of the, the the top fives on our um, uh, festivals that we wanted to get into, and we're uh, we're very honoured to be part of it. Uh, yeah, and it's going to be showing on the twenty sixth of July. Do you know what time it's on? At it's the a, Nova? it's uh, six pm. Six pm, and is it at the Nova? Yeah, over, yep. yeah, good, good location. And I, before I let you go, I have to say to listeners, there's a very tasty uh, expose regarding Scientology and early music. It's very interesting. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> anyway, it's got everything. Waiting for Van the Van Duren story. Okay, thanks very much for talking to me, Wade. Thanks, Annie. Bye. Broadband return, playing the Tote Band Room, Sunday, September 1st. Having completed an 11-city Japanese tour, they now launch their Japanese-released album along with US split vinyl. Very special guests are Japanese label mates 20 Gilders, featuring Mitsuru Tabata of Acid Mother's Temple. Light Magnetic, the new band with members from The Scientist and Paradise Motel, plus competition team. Broadband, the Tote, Sunday, September 1st, Tickets ten dollar presale from the Tote Hotel. Tasumuan Records is a three CR supporter. Three CR.
Three Songs for 3CR on August 3rd brings solos, duos, trios and five choirs to raise funds for Music Sans Frontières. The Oratory, Abbotsford Convent, 7.30pm, Saturday, August 3rd. Tickets at the door or go to www.boite.com.au. The Boite is a 3CR supporter. And that's the end of uh, Showreel for this week. Coming up next is Published or Not. And uh, I'm going to go out with a song by Annie DeFranco called Self Evident, just to remind you that uh, actually she's uh, just put out a, a book, uh, which is always an interesting thing to get something from a politico called, uh, like Annie DeFranco. And uh, she's recently had an interview on. Uh, Democracy Now!, which might be worth uh, following up. Of course, on 3CR, we uh, play Democracy Now!, so get your dose. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. Here's a toast to all the folks that live in Palestine, Afghanistan, Iraq, El Salvador. Here's a toast to all the folks living on the Pine Ridge Reservation, under the stone cold gaze of Mount Rushmore. Here's a toast to all those nurses and doctors who daily provide women with a choice, who stand down a threat the size of Oklahoma City just to listen to a young woman's voice. Here's a toast to all those folks on death row right now, awaiting the executioner's guillotine, who are shackled there with dread and can only escape into their heads to find peace in the form of a dream. Peace in the form of a dream. Peace in the form of a dream. Because take away our playstations, and we are a third world nation under the thumb of some blue blood royal son who stole the Oval Office and that phony election. I mean, it don't take a weatherman to look around and see the weather. Jeff said he'd deliver Florida folks, and boy, did he ever. And we hold these truths to be self-evident. Number one, George W. Bush is not president. Number two, America is not a true democracy. And number three, the media is not fooling me, cause I am a poem heating hyperdistillation, and I've got no room for a lie so verbose. Yes, I'm looking out over my whole human... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.